I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Yes, so uh, uh, this is <laughs> nowhere near to the power uh, level of uh, magic, no. um, but this is Bailey Hoskins. So there was a series, quite recently to be fair, um, 2016 I think, by Max Spemis and Michael Walsh, uh, called The Worst X-Man Ever, um, otherwise known as Firecracker. I think that's kind of the nickname he tried to give himself anyway, but no one gave it to him because he's shit. Um, but I just, this series was, it, it was set on an alternative for TRN 656 or yeah, yeah. 1512 or whatever it is. But um, it, it was just so much fun because you couldn't, it was a five part. So you knew that it wasn't going to go, you know, stretch out too long. You knew that it was kind of set on an alternative reality. So it wasn't necessarily going to kind of interrupt with any of the other storylines. And, and, and it was a real, again, it was a comic that made me laugh and that, and that doesn't happen much. Bailey's power is he is a living bomb, okay. but not like, uh, I think, is it Nitro in Civil War? Who yes, can, that's right, Nitro. Yeah. So Nitro can obviously regenerate, so to speak, can't he? I think yeah, he, he can, can make the explosion. Bring him, bring him, he can have a body again to explode. Yeah. Bailey can't. <laughs> so <laughs> he is a living bomb, but can't regenerate. So he can literally use his power once and it would be suicide. It would be his death. <laughs> Which is... So dark, but so funny for someone who's as sick as me. And and the, the the series is great because Bailey reacts in exactly the same way me as a nerd and a reader would react if I was told I was a mutant and had X-Men abilities. So he's he's excited, you know, he's a fan of the X-Men. He's really excited. And then he kind of learns his power uh, and it all kind of, you know, dawns on him. And, and he has like a water boy role within the X-Men team. <laughs> So he's like getting their water and stuff like that. Um, again, as with all of my choices, underrated X-Men, they are tragic. They are, you know, the X-Men are tragic as a concept. These are the tragic people within a tragic concept. So they are really the most tragic uh, people that you can imagine. And what happens eventually is I think uh, Mystique blackmails him to assassinate Xavier, obviously using his his powers mm. um and there's this whole alternative kind of future where uh, someone called riches who turns shit to gold basically okay. uh, in a nutshell he he's kind of taken over the world and i think eventually bailey kind of sacrifices himself and saves humanity ultimately but as a result dies <laughs> you know it is spoilers but at the same time it's a five kind of um, issue series about a, a kid who can only blow himself up once so you kind of know what's going to happen eventually but it's such a fun read and the character is so he's cute you know he's cute because he's yeah. just the, he's just an excited boy who's basically been burdened with this horrendous uh, ability. Um, so Bailey Hoskins is my quite out there uh, fourth choice. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that's a really good one. I've not I've read the first issue, but I've not finished the series. But the first issue was very fun, so I need yeah. to go back and finish that. Yeah, finish it off. Fantastic. Even though I've just spoiled it, spoiled it for so Max, him. Max Bemis is the is he? He's in a band, isn't he? Is say anything? I think. Oh really? I I still listen to NSYNC. So. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. 
Well, on on that note, let's let's move over to another villain. Okay. Um, so I've gone for Mojo, not not Mojo Jojo of the Powerpuff Girls, not to be confused with him, but he is basically an absurdist parody of every slimy TV executive ever. <laughs> but he's also yeah. a despotic ruler of his own dimension as well. Named yeah. After himself, Mojoverse, um, of course. Um, so he was introduced into the pages of Longshot. So this is not Longshot was not necessarily related to the X Men at the time, but he did. He was kind of brought in and kind of adopted by the X Men after a while. And so a lot of is he a mutant Longshot or he's not? He's, not, he's a genetically no. modified uh, kind of creation. Um, uh, the Mojo and their race, the spineless ones, because um, they're basically worms. They created a race of slaves. Based the the these slaves were based on their nightmares they had because their universe received these transmissions and it drove their whole race insane. Turned out it was television broadcasts from from the main Marvel universe that drove them Brilliant. insane, and that's why their whole world is based on like TV and ratings. Like ratings equals you know superpower and political power as well in Mojoverse, which is I think is great. And it's a bit, it's great satire every time Mojo turns up. It's absolute brilliant satire of the kind of yeah. television industry and all that sort of stuff. And Nascenti uh, created the character. And it was based on real life, the real life writing of people like Noam Chomsky and many of his contemporaries because they were slime balls as well uh, in her, in her um, estimation. Arthur Adams, who does the art, he, he was asked to make him look as disgusting and disturbing as possible. His design is basically kind of, he's this big, fat, yellow creature with big arms, um, and he has a kind of scorpion, cybernetic scorpion-type body, and he has these wires that he's totally, like, plugged in, and he's, the wires are holding his eyes open, almost like he's, he has to constantly watch TV to know what's... Like clock, Clockwork Orange-style face, isn't it? Exactly, with, uh, yeah. It's actually inspired yeah. by Clockwork Orange, in fact. It's quite funny, because he basically loves these kind of gladiatorial-type games, so it's like, um, you know, like Running Man. It's basically a bit like Running Man, you know, every adventure with him. But he has these other dimensional powers. He's, he's very proficient in magic, but also has like a deadly cybernetic body as well. But he basically, again, obsessed with ratings, obsessed with getting, uh, you know, being top of that board. What's the next big thing? Like he created the X-Babies, which basically just baby versions of the X-Men, because he thought that the cutesy aspect would get more ratings. Again, fantastic, fantastic character. I love him so much. Once, this is pretty messed up, but uh, when he was introduced into the kind of X-Men canon, he abducted Psylocke, which was Captain Britain's uh, sister, who was being, who took up the role of Captain Britain for a while until she had her eyes pulled out by Slaymaster, uh, who was a villain of Captain Britain. And Mojo captured her, replaced her with, with cybernetic eyes. And then when she joined the X-Men, he would broadcast their adventures from her eyes so he could get the ratings up and promote the X-Men as the next big thing, which is, again, a work of genius. One of my, one of my favourite things was uh, we were talking about, I think we were talking about Wonder Woman, on, uh, Wonder, Woman Wonder Man on the last podcast um, for some reason. I think I remember we were talking about him. He once hired, um, he got uh, Wonder Man to sign a contract with him uh, for, for an acting role. And then when he got him on board and saw how, how bad an actor he was, he fired him straight away. <laughs> Just genius. How have we not had Nathan Fillion Wonder Man scenes yes. in the MCU yet? 
Let's I think that's honest. what we were talking about. I think that's what we were discussing last time. He was once deposed by a clone of himself who goes by Mojo 2, the sequel. <laughs> Great. I love it. And he, wants, he also once struggled for ratings against a show about chickens. So that was, that was top of the billboard in Mojoverse. That was a very popular show. That was your game. I mean, at some point, surely we've got to have a Mojo kind of Netflix-esque story. Um, oh, God. Can you or, imagine? Or, or maybe like a Mojo kind of tries to kind of insert, you know, uh, diversity, but too much, you know. <laughs> in, the bad, in the wrong way. Who owns it in without any kind of knowledge of stuff, which, you know, some executives might be doing on certain things. I'd love, um, to see, I'd love to see like a Tales of the Crypt type thing where he introduces an episode uh, and then it's oh, about maybe like a singular X-Man and their adventure or, you know, like, like yeah. a dupe adventure or a, or a maggot adventure, something like that. Well, he's like, I was going to say dupe kind of perfectly fits into that mojo uh, verse um, world. You know, it's yeah. that ridiculous, absurd uh, stories, colourful you know, the, nothing's off off charts. You know, with with a mojo story, and yeah, I think the um, yeah again the satire part of it is very always very clever. Yeah, and it kind of works, and it will always kind of work on some level because we'll always have some sort of kind of televised, you know, or YouTube videos, whatever. We'll always have something like that. But I think his most evil thing that he ever did was in 2016, he revealed to Howard the Duck that he actually created the 1986 Howard the Duck movie. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's definitely the, of all that, you know, he's had slaves, he's, you know, he's trying That to is dastardly them. beyond belief. That's that's the most evil thing he's done. So did he take the form of George Lucas then maybe? N- never forget duck tits. <laughs> duck tits. Woo! Um but yeah, that's that's Mojo. If you like slimy yellow spineless ones, um, you know, it's he's the character for you. No, that's a great choice. I love it. Jabba the Hutt on stilts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. What's your What's your next one? Okay. Well, this is my last one, I believe. Um, oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so my last one is Trevor Hawkins, aka iBoy. So I am going to be predictable and return to my favourite series, Wolverine and the X Men, by Jason mm-hmm. Aaron and Chris Patello. He debuted in issue 19 of that. So it kicked off quite a bit, actually, um, already. And he he was very slowly kind of integrated. You kind of saw him in classroom scenes and and stuff, you know, in the background. And he'd have the odd line here and there. And and very kind of slowly integrated. But basically, in a nutshell, his power, uh, he has eyeballs everywhere. Eyeboy. So, yeah, he's got multiple eyes. um, But over time throughout the adventures of the you know Jean Grey school he learned new things about his powers so he could basically pick up because of all the eyes on his on his face and body he could pick up power signatures he could see power signatures oh, wow. or see radiation or or see electricity or magic that other people couldn't see kind of um, which spectrum, was yeah anything beyond human vision so to speak he he could potentially see or sense uh, and that came in handy, you know, in, in various adventures. This is a strange one, but because of his eyes, he was an expert on body language. So he could sense the most minute bit of like body language or if scenery had changed slightly, you know, he could sense that. Yeah. And so on the surface, you know, these are all fairly, 
fairly kind of useless powers. But little did the team know that Trevor was basically going into um, the danger room at night and he was secretly training himself in combat. And because of the eyes on his body, it heightened that sense. And he's, he's actually an expert marksman. Wow. So he, he could probably give the likes of Hawkeye a run for his money uh, or, or Domino or whoever, because, you know, he, he can see all, oh, you know, it's... It, so that, that, I, I, being covered in eyes, does that not make him like super sensitive to like light and things like that, or, or just you, super sensitive? You think to... that? I I think they might have glossed over that. I'm, I'm not sure. Because um, like when he, I get something in my eye, it's it's horrendous. It's... I guess he can just kind of cover that eye, and he's still got you know 50 left. He's another character that that comes across in a kind of very meek fashion. Um, you know, he's this skinny, uh, long blonde haired boy. Kind of looks like a he should be in handsome. And and again, the, the visually, you know, the mutation is 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 out there. You know, the eyeballs are all there on his face um, for the world to see. And I love that he, you know, he was kind of ashamed, and I think a lot of people weren't really took him for granted. You know, and and the idea of him secretly kind of training to become this expert marksman, you know, in the danger room, and 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 then what happened in uh, issue twenty nine of that series is there was like a flash forward to the future or a version of the future. And he's at this point based um, like a space shuttle that circulates Earth. And he's almost like a monitor for planet Earth. So he's like looking after planet Earth so he can see everything, you know, on Earth basically from space. Uh, He can sense everything and sense attacks. Um, There is then a attack and he kind of goes into space gun touting. He's wearing this like all black suit almost like a black gimp suit. And then all these glowing red eyes kind of appear on his body. And it's just, I love that in in the future, he's basically a badass, but we're kind of experiencing, experiencing him as this kind of, you know, pathetic young boy that everyone basically takes the mick off, yeah. out of. And again, yeah, it's, it's a similar thing to a lot of my choices. It's that kind of, um, Frankenstein-like character that is um, actually really sweet and yeah. good-hearted, and um, but kind of lethal, really, um, and and is taken for granted. So, yeah, um, I boy Trevor Hawkins is 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 my my choice, and I just think again, art-wise, you can do so much with that. You know, as oh, yeah. as you you know, he, he has this kind of long blonde hair, but you're thinking, you know what, making a skinhead and put the eyes on his head, and you know, there, there's so much you can do with that. Uh, eyes in his hands you know you could have a kind of pan's labyrinth thing and so that was a lot of fun and I, I love the way Chris Bacala kind of draws stories yeah. I, I think he's one of my favorite artists I think it's just full of character and I think um that I mean, was one of the really good like you said it like the vis- he's very visually interesting when he gets a mutant that's very visually you know expressive um I like, yeah. I like a lot of his generation x stuff that he did when he gets like a really good visual interpretation of a character of something that's visually interesting that's when he's at his best i think and wolverine and the x-men is full of characters like that you know you've got brew who's like a uh, a spawn of one of the um brood uh, alien species um but he's actually become hyper intelligent so again it's that monster who's you know, like Beast, actually super intelligent and well-spoken. And, you know, and, and so there's a lot of fun characters like that in Wolverine and the X-Men, um, which is why I, as you can tell from the last hour or so, a massive fan. <laughs> you are a big fan. And, and I think a lot of people will go out and read it after 
after your choices. But yeah, please, you, there, there will be no regrets. And if anyone wants a refund, you can contact me. I won't give you the refund, but um, contact me because I will fight you because it's just <laughs> that good. Weird, yeah. Just don't at us. Don't at us at all. But uh, yeah, no, very good choice. I like I liked your five. So uh, I think usually I I try and bring the most obscure things to the table or the most kind of you know the ones things people haven't heard of because that's the point of the podcast is to you know underrated media, underrated characters and stuff. But I think you've taught me today. Absolutely taught me with all the obscure choices. You <laughs> I have. told you. I said when I said about this as an idea, <laughs> I, I I knew I had these guys in the bag, and these were just five. I could have done fifteen. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. I'm telling you. Wow. Right, like, give me your fifth. This is it. Number one, Danny Moonstar. So Danny Moonstar is was another new mutants. Five. Yeah, new mutants again. New mutants. Now she's the leader of the new mutants as well. Um, she was born a Cheyenne Native American with the ability to pull your greatest fear from your mind and then present it to you in a in a realistic holographic um, illusion. And so horrific. That's a terrifying superpower on its own. Like when it works, it really works. When she was younger, though, she struggled to control it, which actually led to her kind of a lot of her relationships deteriorating and being ostracized and you know not making friends she can't help it she just goes that's what you're afraid of i'm going to show it you and everybody else what you're afraid of which obviously is quite uh, makes a lot of people quite insecure but when when her powers she was depowered during m day but it didn't matter to danny because she is an expert hunter tracker a weapons expert from bows to hunting knives to guns she has just this wealth of kind of tenacity and hard-headedness the stubbornness like she came to clash it with xavier almost all the time and that's why he made her the leader of the new mutants because he was like right well if you think better show me you you do it like for example the xavier said you're going to wear the original x-men uniforms golden blue that's it she went nope i'm going to wear all these accessories that highlight and honor my my native american heritage and you can't stop me i really like that about her but yeah during m day she she lost her powers but again didn't really phase her because she's that good at everything cyclops has even said that she is a tactician on his level at his age when he was as young as danny was he was at the same kind of level of strategic prowess you know we're talking a good level and she's been in every team under the sun she's been in the all-female fearless defenders she's been in x-force new mutants you name it and she's always had a huge role to play and has been an incredible presence on any of those teams she's gone from having crazy cosmic abilities to you know her original abilities to no abilities but it's never phased it's never stopped her doing what was right and and what is her kind of her passion to do. And she was basically the lead character in most of these New Mutant series. The most famous storyline of Demon Bear Saga, which is what the new film is based on. Um, yes, yeah. She played the lead role and it was based on her backstory and on her, you know, everything to do with her. She was the lead character in that story. And that is exactly why they picked it because Danny is such a great character. It's a great story. It's a scary story. It's a disturbing story. And the demon bear killed her parents. She actually, her powers have some sort of a kind of precognitive ability. So she can see what is going to happen. Like her, some of her deepest fears or 
fears what will happen to her grandfather who got killed or her parents who got killed. She can see that. And she journeyed to uh, one adventure, she journeyed to Asgard, and she met up with Hela, the goddess of death. And she gave her, she, she basically indoctrinated her into the Valkyrie or the Valkyries and gave her all the kind of abilities, so enhanced strength, speed, stamina, gave her all the weaponry and the armor, and even had a flying horse called... I was going to say, a horse, that's the first thing I'd want if I was made of Valkyrie. Exactly, you want the, definitely want the horse. Yeah, the Forget about everything else, Pegasus, get over here. <laughs> yeah, call me a Pegasus. Um, but yeah, so then she had the weaponry to go along with it, and again, master with all these kind of weapons. She lost those powers you know, in the 80s, but she kept maintained the precognitive powers, which were enhanced, so she could see, literally see death coming. She even fought death and won on several occasions, the personification of death, or Lady Death, or Madam Death in the Marvel Universe. You know, she she is a badass. She's probably the most badass female X-Man out there, X-Woman out there. Um, I love her in all the stuff, and anything I find her in, I'm like, yes, more of this. Um, one of my favorite kind of badass moments she has is she's been tortured for quite a while and her arm has been broken and she gets a bow and arrow and fires it with her foot and, and gets like yeah. an instant kind of headshot on this, this villain, um, which is just absolute badassery um, from Danny Moonstar. Um, I think, I just think she's great. She's up there for me. She's up there with a lot of the kind of main X women, you know, up there on, you know, storm level. She's just, it doesn't matter about the power. She can have them. She can not have them. She's just still incredible and an incredible leader. I just love her so much. She's so bloody good. <laughs> you can't fault her. She even, when she got her, she had to, when she lost her powers on M-Day, she bargained with Hela to get her Valkyrie powers back and kind of sold her soul a little bit to Hela to do that. This upgrade, this power upgrade, allowed her to pummel Ares, the god of war, the Greek god of war, you know, into a bloody pulp. And you know, the Ares, the God of War is on Thor, Hulk, Hercules strength level, like power level. So that is impressive in its own right. Um, but she also like she couldn't have just done that with physical strength. She she has the the capable fighting prowess to do that. And then that upgrade just helps with that. Brilliant character, brilliant new mutant, brilliant X-Man, leader, tactician, all of those. Just fantastic. I love this character so, so much. And I need to read more of her stuff all of the time give me more give me more um but yeah that is my number one underrated x-man it's a great choice i think the the you know that team the new mutants all could have been in this countdown in their own way um i'm, I'm a big cannonball fan yeah um although cannonball has got a bit of love in the comics recently with him joining the the avengers and whatnot yeah, yeah, and um, sunspot as well. Sunspot joined as well and sunspot yeah yeah but uh, i mean cannonball again it's another power that just yeah. looks horrific you know the yeah. bottom half of him <laughs> explodes basically oh, yeah. so yeah know that whole team so uh i commend you on your choices sir well thank you so can um, we have some shout outs have we got time we for some shout outs we do how so long we got give us your honor- um i think we've run over a little bit but that's fine i can cut uh, don't worry don't another mind. hour <laughs> um, more let's do more another five <laughs> quick quick shout outs then um toad He's uh, a villain one for me just because I'm a massive fan of Toad. Um, I've dressed up as classic Toad before, Um, uh, you know, Ray Park Toad. Um, I love uh, the idea of this, like, uh, pathetic kind of henchman, uh, you know, Toad by power and towed by personality you know it's uh, 
I love that kind of jester costume that they put him in almost, you know, to humiliate him even more than, than how he does himself. Then he was kind of obviously made a little bit badass by Ray Park and that worked yeah. just as well. You know, it, it is actually quite cool, you know, his power set if you portray it in a different way as well. And I love both versions. Um, again, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but Wolverine the X-Men has Janitor Toad, which was just genius. It was funny. It was tragic. It, um, they did this weird kind of like secret love story with him and Husk, and it was kind yeah. of beautiful and tender, and, and I really like rooted for them. And so big fan of that. While I'm on the subject of Wolverine the X-Men, uh, again, Real. I could probably Real. list all those kids, <laughs> but Quentin Choir is not only an underrated X-Men, he is my one of my favorite. I'm not going to say favorite because I still think Colossus holds that for me, but yeah. Quentin Choir is up there to the point where I have a kid Omega tattoo on my arm. It was oh, one yeah, of the first that, tattoos I ever got. Yeah, I'm holding it up to you now on Zoom. He's got flames in the background to represent his Phoenix Force ability, that he yes. can harness the Phoenix Force. Um, he is a little shit. He uh, started as a villain. You know, he, he was a a potential terrorist basically for the x-men he obviously has these really kind of right-wing views uh, again probably more the kind of malcolm x side yeah. of of uh, thinking you know magneto camp but he's reluctantly been forced into life as an x-man and slowly very very slowly like to the point where six seven years they've really drawn out this process of him kind of becoming heroic you know and and reluctantly doing the right thing he's still a little shit and he's a gobshite and he's he's a punk you know he's a little punk basically and they kind of do that in the way that he's drawn and things but yeah so love him as well i mean i could go on forever thunderbird never came back yeah so many x-men were brought back from the dead and yet thunderbird bless him i think think he was lost on that plane and never came back I think it's because we have Warpath instead. I think that's probably why they've never, they've never really. Yeah, they kind of brought in Warpath, and um, yeah, again, it, it just kind of felt a bit weak that you know, here's his yeah. son, who's very, very similar. Uh, yeah, was it, is it his son or I think it's brother. grandson, brother? I think it's John and Jane. from another mother. Star, wasn't it? But yeah, so uh, I mean, the X Men is is full of characters like that, um, and that's kind of the joy of it, really, is that you could, they could honestly release hundreds of spin-offs because yeah. each character each even background character the likes of beak and iboy resonate with people in in profound ways really yeah. so they're they're my little shout outs anyway i needed to make sure that i got those off my chest cool. I've, got, I've got a relatively long list because i found this okay. very hard a very hard list to make so i'm just going to reel them off really quickly for you okay give us a top of the pops like style yeah at number 10 nightcrawler legion warlock selene dr nemesis caliban havoc arcade mad jim jaspers cameron hodge vulcan silver samurai lockheed karma gladiator multiple man polaris lalandra agent brand proteus x23 warpath sauron or sauron uh, Megan, Rachel Summers, Glob, Blindfold, Moira McTaggart, Phantom X, Banshee, Sunfire, Dust, Strife, Anol, and the most underrated X-Man, Dazzler. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm literally not going to dispute any of those at all. No. Um, Dr. Nemesis sticks out for me uh, oh, as a Dr. great choice. Again, another lovable asshole. 
The X-Men's full of them. Arcade, I think you mentioned there yeah. as well. A great villain there. Again, visually, you can have so much fun and, and be so ridiculous with the arcade stories. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that's great. There's a yeah, lot, lot of great. Can, I mean, how often do the, you know, the X-Men in the movies end up in like a giant pinball machine? <laughs> I know. Not There's often. not many characters that do, really, but the X-Men seem to constantly be in people. There you go, brilliant. Um, um, we've got a few listener comments. So I, put up okay. very, I put up a very late post about, about this because it was kind of uh, all the research I was doing and other stuff I kind of forgot. So just did it It's a very time. busy time during lockdown, Dan. It's, we're, we're all very busy. <laughs> um, so Andrew Ferguson, his uh, underrated X-Men he mentioned was uh, Pixie, Armour. Yep, good choice. Rockslide and Cyclops. Okay. Cyclops is an interesting choice because I think Cyclops got a lot of... I hated Cyclops as a kid uh, in the animated series. He was always my least favourite. Mm. Uh, I was never drawn to him, never drawn to him when I started reading comics with the original stuff and the Jim Lee stuff. And then it was that Uncanny X-Men series mm. uh, with Bendis that, that turned things around for me where Cyclops finally kind of snaps... Yeah. And we get that assertive, you know, Cyclops was right style. And I, I'm a massive fan now. So, yeah, I think that's, a, that's an interesting choice. I think so, too. I think um, a lot of his stories like Schism is a good one for Cyclops. And I think a little bit before, I think after kind of, after kind of M-Day, I thought he became a lot more interesting. Because he, he was having, to, he was forced to make some really difficult choices about, because they were an endangered species now, mutants after M-Day. He was forced to make choices he never would have usually. They were desperate. They, yeah. they were desperate. And it, it was interesting to see what, exploring what people might do when they're desperate and how that might change people. Exactly. And I, th- I think he's a good character. I think he's, I think a lot of people, again, in the movies, he was very mishandled, misused. Um, he was basically just the other guy in the movies, like yeah. an obstacle for Wolverine. So he didn't get to shag Jean Grey. I'll be honest, controversial opinion, but I don't think... Jean Grey and Wolverine, the romance, I don't think ever really worked for me. It was never one that I kind of got on board with for the most part. I kind of think it wouldn't... Have I think it's mainly lust on both sides, yeah, to I be think so, quite yeah. honest. Uh, I think that's the way I've always read into it. I think if you ever put them together, it would have felt very wrong. Moving on, uh, Michael Chandler. I'm sure you're a friend of Michael Chandler. Oh, that guy. Um, he suggested Beast, another original X-Man. Uh, Mr. Sinister and Sauron as well. And then my flatmate Matthew Catterall has responded and said, suggested Titan. Now, he doesn't know comics, so he, he picked a name out of the blue. And, and it, was like, it was like, that's probably a character, isn't it? And I went, sadly, yes. He, he's actually a member of the Imperial Guard in, of the Shi'ar. Uh, he's a, I was going to say... He can grow to kind of massive heights. Because there was like tw- there was like twenty Imperial Guard or you know Shi'ar type characters. There's like twenty odd. Like yeah, well, um, based on the Legion of Superheroes, and they're like there's like thirty of them. So that does not surprise me. <laughs> Wolverine, the X Men, kids, Gladiator. Just saying. Oh yeah, he's pretty cool as well, actually. I, I, I was, I was, I was wondering if you could get one more in, one more mention. I've realised I've got a problem after this. I think maybe you need to branch out a bit more in your reading habits. <laughs> if, if if Jason ever listens to this, he knows he's got a fan though, which is, I mean, he's got uh, a few fans. But so that was that was Matt Catterall, who's also been a guest on the podcast. That's at MX Cat on Twitter. Marcus from the Marco Guy on Twitter said, "I've always been a fan of Shadow Cat." Kitty Pride. She's kind of 
going through her swan song currently i i, I feel like really? um, yeah, that's interesting. yeah yeah the, there's some really interesting stuff going on with her character so uh she's she's running this marauders team um, mm. and they've almost like kind of given her this like pirate like attire and and she's a, she's got a broken nose because she couldn't get into Krakoa and she she's pissed and it's yeah. kind of great and but like she had that defining moment similar to Cyclo- um, to Colossus yeah, yeah. Um, as well. so I think Joss gave her um, some love during that because before that I think she was a bit pathetic and she was um, uh, she was partially the inspiration for Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh right okay there and also and Cyclops as well because of uh, Summers Buffy Summers. There, you go. there we go. Do you know what? I thought I'd come on here not learning anything, and I was wrong. Well, there you go. There you go. I've learned one thing. Um, so, yeah, that's us. Um, so, you can find us on the podcast or Facebook at Secret Balls. On Twitter, it's Dan underscore Balls. Instagram, Spider Dan the Secret Balls. And the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, many, many more. Where can they find yourself, Ben? Um, I, you can find me on YouTube now. I know when I did this with you before, I was in hibernation, but um, due to the current situation, I'm so bored. I've started making videos for no one to watch again. So if you are that way inclined, go to YouTube and search Straight Outer Crampton. Uh, outer spelt like um, uh, incorrectly, uh, O-U-T-T-A. Um, and you will find me and hopefully some hilarity um, around what's going on at the moment. I'll tell you what, I will tag, I'll tag your YouTube channel, the link, or in the posts that I make. Do it. Any help Facebook. is needed. But um, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So uh, I'll be watching, definitely. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. I know uh, it's, not, it's not as, uh, it's not as um, intimate as being in front of you, but, um, but it's no. a closer problem. I've loved it, though. I've loved it. I could honestly talk about x-men for uh, a silly amount of time so i've well, really we enjoyed it do, we could always do something new or something else on x-men whenever you fancy whatever you fancy let me know because i'm very much open for ideas at the moment if you guys have any ideas for podcasts i'm going to be off for the next three weeks so i've got a lot of spare time and uh, like to keep myself productive um so yeah any ideas let me know and we can do another one with yourself or any other ideas that maybe maybe the fans want us to come back again and they'll they'll pick something for us to do perhaps what do you want to hear my monotone voice talk about for an hour and a half <laughs> anything let us know it's a lovely voice <laughs> don't don't sell yourself short i uh, sound like zippy from rainbow don't worry about it <laughs> right well that's us uh hope you enjoyed this one guys and we'll see you very very soon <laughs>